We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. This time of warning and an opportunity for slightly unusual. Just wanted to explain that in the course of uh, life together in the community, uh, we are obviously wanting to be directed by God, and that means that at different times there's different types of teaching. Sometimes it will be prophetic, sometimes it will be explanatory, sometimes challenging. When I talk about a warning, it's not uh, a warning in terms of, uh, you know, don't get drunk tonight or something like that. Uh, it's, a, it's to help us understand what is happening in the world about us so that we don't miss out. You see, the Bible tells us that we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We have to understand that there is a very sneaky enemy that's disguised, but it's still a spiritual battle. Some of what I say in this might not be totally applicable to the, those of you that are overseas. Um, you will still have spiritual issues, a spirit of the age will still be operating it may be manifest in different ways i thought maybe just to help us uh, get started in this uh, a little while ago i think it was nathan sent me uh, a youtube sketch and i'd like to just play some of it about the sensibilities of being offended because that's a big factor I've been having life-changing results since I learned how to get offended. Now when people don't see things the way that I see them, I just get offended. And it teaches them how not to see things from their point of view. I'm offended that you would think you have the right to post that to your Facebook account. People have every right to see things from their perspective. As long as their perspective is the same as my perspective. Here's a water for you. I don't drink out of plastic. Why would you not know that? People who don't get offended are insecure, take no self-responsibility, and have no sense of purpose in life. I pray for them. JP, I don't even know why you're offended. I'm offended that you don't know how you offended me. There's three easy steps to getting offended by anything. Step one, listen to what someone says and then selflessly make it all about you by taking it personally, even if it has nothing to do with you. Step two, you wanna create a large amount of tension inside your body. You really wanna concentrate on bringing the tension to your stomach, your chest, and your face. Step three, now project outrage onto the other person. This will make it seem like you're getting rid of the tension inside your body, but it actually drives it down deeper inside you. And because it stays there, it'll make it even easier for you to get offended next time. Obviously, the issue of getting offended is a big thing. You mustn't offend anybody, you mustn't say something that um, disagrees with what they're thinking. and. Uh, I know it's slightly humorous looking at that to say the least, but it really does reveal uh, the kind of atmosphere or the nature of the spirit of this age. Just to explain a little bit what we mean about that, let me just give you a quote from the uh, Bible League Trust. 
says the current liberal values, the absence of moral absolutes, political correctness, false belief systems, they're all part of this spirit of the age. Such is the rejection of biblical norms that the spirit of the age is a strong current against God and against the things he teaches and says. It's also defensive. Uh, I'm sure you'd be aware of this. Dare to speak against it and you become known as an extremist, intolerant, and almost guilty of a hate crime. Amazingly, the much flaunted tolerance turns remarkably intolerant when we speak up with God's way and God's word. So you understand that we are talking something which is biblical here. I'm just going to quote you some references which clearly state that we're up against a spirit. It's a, a demonic influence that affects these things and brings these things about in the world. The warning is that we are aware of that, that we're not asleep in the day, that we're conscious uh, of what is actually behind what is happening so that we might be able to be a greater help and blessing as well as a demonstration of God's light and love. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 2 talks about being influenced and led astray uh, by what would appear to be new idols. And Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 3 speaks about the rule of the kingdom of this age, the spirit now at work in those that open themselves to that. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds. In Ephesians we read that the spirit works in what's called the sons of disobedience. There's great opportunity if we're not under the lordship of Jesus, if we've not submitted to him, if we've not been born again by the spirit of God. We are, as it were, sons of disobedience. But then it goes on to say that we are made alive to see the world as it really is. That's where God wants us to be. Now, so that we understand uh, and can appreciate and embrace this, let me give you a couple of examples about the operation of the spirit of the age. The absence or the attack against free speech is, is quite alarming. Uh, that stretches even into um, media, uh, universities, uh, positions, uh, places of, uh, of, of visibility. It's sometimes called the cancel culture. It's, it works out like this. Not long ago, university cancelled the invitation of uh, Jordan Peterson, the well-known secular prophet, controversial in his views, because they expected that he wouldn't say what they agreed with. The student union rose up. This is what they said. His work and views are not representative of the student body. In other words, he's not going to say what we feel he should say. And as such, we do not see his visit as a valuable contribution to the university, but one that works in opposition to the principles of the university. 
principles, of course, decided by them. Now, I'm not embracing all the secular prophets or commentators say or do, but we need to be aware that there is a measure of speaking out of an ability to say those secular prophets, they don't bring God's word, but they do bring uh, a revelation of sightedness into certain situations. And of course, this is the way it works in this cancel culture, in this um, absence of free speech. If you don't demonstrate a fury at a statement that is deemed to be unacceptable, then you yourself become a target. You have to join in. You have to be seen to be part of it. Intolerance is, is not troubled by actual thoughts. It doesn't matter what you think. This is what you need to do. It's become, as I've said, known as the cancel culture. It's a terrible term because outside of a dictatorship, people can't actually cancel or otherwise be disappeared. What happens is this. People are found to have trodden across one of the accepted current attitudes or terms. A small number of, of bullies come for them and a larger number of otherwise decent people fail to stand up for them. Even people that they know and are friends. This is something that we're increasingly seeing. And it's another manifestation of the spirit of this age. The purpose of warning is to see that we don't get caught up in that because we have a different place and a different position. Standing up for truth for a friend seems so simple and obvious and yet no longer seems to be worth the price of you yourself being attacked. A little while ago, many of you will be aware of the furore that followed comments made by J.K. Rowling, um, quite famous. They weren't particularly extreme or outlandish. She was bombarded for holding views about biological sex differences that would have, would have been considered self-evident only a decade ago. In these ongoing culture wars, it never ceases to amaze how much those who are supposedly on the right side of history seem to thrive on bullying and dehumanizing those who disagree. They're like the inquisitors of the Middle Ages, incinerating in the name of love. I mean, we got to wake up and be aware and understand the world we're living in and the opportunity that we have. Whether we support the views or not, it's, it's irrelevant in terms of free speech. And what's sad to see that the actors that were made famous by her work and her material joined in this hysteria of media and the media joins in as well because all of a sudden every time it mentions it, it introduces the idea the controversial views they put their position in when we come to media you've heard me speak before of being careful of listening watching but also having an ear to hope to listen to the truth by the Spirit of God. In fact, I'm increasingly convinced that one of the US media channels, CNN, should be renamed the Anti-Trump Channel. They seem to get so excited 
about things that can be uh, attributed to him. Well, then I become even more alarmed to see the BBC even manifesting such bias. In a number of news pages during this whole recent race issue, are you aware that the BBC embedded a link to a video looking at historical police brutality? Sometimes it feels that the media outlooks and activities are trying to pull the difficulties of the past into the present, forgetting the strides that have been made. This is not rebalance, but an oversteer. It veers from reporting to bias. And we see in the movements in the present time, current movements, the Me Too, the Extinction Rebellion, the Brexit, even COVID have suffered from these different biases. We need to understand the spirit of this age. We're not puppets of the enemy, driven around by every pressure, emotion, fashion, or as I'm putting it, the spirit of this age. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20 tells us we are the king's representatives. This is who we are. We're not to be jerked around, not to be over-influenced by the spirit of this age, because we have another spirit. The message of reconciliation has been committed to us. We are ambassadors, as though he's making his appeal through us. What a privilege, what an opportunity. We are, in order to do this, equipped with a completely different spirit. We're not of this world, because he said, I've chosen you, you, you. I've chosen you for purpose. We bring light and truth and love into a darkened world. We are a people of a different spirit. If someone takes our coat, our way is to give them a shirt as well. We are of the lineage of the generation of Caleb. Numbers 14 verse 24. If you remember, the spies were sent to look, out the, look at the land. And ten saw giants. But two saw God and his word, and our trust is in him, not, is in, not just in our ability, but in what he will enable us to do. We can be different. We are different. We can make a difference because we have a different spirit, a different heart. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't engage in the world. In fact, we do strongly engage in the world. Let me give you a couple of things. Just recently, uh, sort of a report that was produced uh, by, um, let me just give you the name, uh, Professor Kevin Fenton. This is work the Faith Action have been doing that we told you about. And uh, just a few days ago, uh, a publication was in the forefront of the news, um, looking at uh, the impact of COVID-19 on the BAME communities. And you wouldn't know, but because we're working and we're involved and God has opened doors, we're not standing outside of things. We're not, as it were, removed. We're not monks in a monastery, but we're engaged, but we're not of the spirit of this world. And this very report that got frontline um, involvement 
uh, and publication, uh, both Jeremy Simmons and Daniel Singleton were involved in that and contributed into the meetings. That's the opportunity that God gives us to actually be involved in these things. And that's a very key, very wonderful thing that we're giving these opportunities, but because we come with a different spirit. Now, let us look a little bit at what that spirit looks like. Recently, Charlotte uh, Tizard uh, wrote out a beatitude, as it were, in her own words. I want you to listen to this. This is the different spirit that we come with. Reflections on the Beatitudes, June 2020. Blessed are those who are satisfied with what they have. They want for nothing and live like favoured sons, basking in the bounty of the kingdom. Blessed are those who are swamped by loss. They will be carried by the love of the Father, who lifts their chins and holds their gaze. Blessed are the gentle, who are humble in the face of arrogance. Victory is promised to those who do not pitch themselves as winners. Blessed are those who are ravenous for righteousness, who do not satisfy themselves on easy snacks, but find full nourishment at the Father's table. Blessed are those who give their love, even when they cannot give their approval. They remember the great indulgence they have been given. Blessed are those who are not distracted by alternatives. They will see God clearly, not blinded by lust or ego. Blessed are the peacemakers those who invite others to rest and resolve. They will be known for the purity of their agenda. Blessed are those who are attacked for their truth-telling, whose wisdom is slandered and misused. They are honoured citizens of the kingdom. Doesn't that sum it up? People of a different spirit, able to come and bring a different light, exactly that light into the darkness. We come from God. We know where we're going. We don't live like many who live as if this life is all there is. We're like a people passing through. We're not busy just collecting resources and memories and experiences and feathering our nests. We're on a mission. We don't have time to get distracted by the things of this world. We have our eyes for our mission, for our purpose, for our God. Yes, let me say again, we have involvement. We're not separate from, but we are salt in the earth and light in the darkness. Just recently, just in the last few days. Let's talk just for a quick moment. When we started Lifeline Community Project over 20 years ago, there was three things that God gave us. Of course, it was to be a business, so it had to make money. It was also that people should become followers of Jesus, obviously. But it's also that we should confront and bring something different to the very systems of this world, which we have done and continue to do. I was delighted to see this week uh, a Metropolitan Police report, which particularly draws attention to the work we're doing with troubled youth and those involved with gangs and knife crime. We're involved, but we are of a different spirit. We don't have time to get involved with anything that God isn't highlighting, only with what he gives us to do. It might be popular, it might be noble, it may be the pressure of where this world is, but unless it's God, it's not for us to do. 
We can't get sucked into somebody else's mission because we're already on a mission. We have a commission. God is equipping us and calling us for purpose. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We don't have a right to pick our own course because God has given us a course and he's empowered us and equipped us. So the warning, beware the spirit of this age. Let's not be caught up in it because we are a people of a different spirit. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk, or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.